Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. I'm Richard Dunham. I'm Chieko Dunham. And I'm Norman Mitchell. Welcome, Norman. Thanks for joining us this week. Of course. Ghibli Minute is the podcast where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute. That's another way to say that. So, uh, Norman, you want to tell us uh, where you're from? Uh, I am from Lord of the Rings Minute, which is on DuelingGenre.com, which has all kinds of other shows that I sometimes am a guest on. But my my claim to fame, as it were, is that I'm one of the co-hosts of Lord of the Rings Minute. And that's really the only podcast I've ever been involved in in depth. Nice. That's so um, in high school, I uh, kept a diary in Tengwar. What? Which is, which is the alphabet used uh, by uh, for Kenya? Of what course, a the, nerd. the high elven <laughs> language, rather than than Sindarin. Yeah. So I'm uh, actually when my wife and I first met, oh my the gosh. first time we met, we bonded over Todd Rundgren because she was wearing a Todd Rundgren shirt and uh, Tolkien. <laughs> we were both Tolkien fans. This was back in 1994. And in Japan, and there weren't a lot of Tolkien fans in Japan at that time. So what was... a nerd. <laughs> yes. So, uh, what movie are you guys on in the Lord of the Rings? We are, we are currently in the middle of covering Two Towers, which we started uh, right at the beginning of 2018, and we will be doing until November. Wow. Wow. So, here's my thing about the Two Towers movie. I have a... Uh, oh, I'm ready. Up. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? <laughs> so when it came out, I felt that it would have been a cool thing, kind of a daring kind of marketing move to, instead of releasing one three-hour movie, release two 90-minute movies at the same time. Ooh. Just release them at the same time. Just do, just like it is in the book, do like a book three movie, uh, you know, focusing on the... Aragorn and Marion Pippin and, and Rohan and do a book four movie with uh, Frodo and Gant. I just have them both out at the same I time. I think people would have like taken a look at that and been like, that's that's a money grab. That's just them wanting double the ticket prices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They would say that. Also, like I the my only gripe, and it's it's my favorite of the three by a significant margin because I love Rohan and I love the Ents. My only gripe with the movie was how mad I was when I went to see it in theaters and it didn't end with the fight with the giant spider. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what you could you could do. That it would be obvious thing to do if you had two like ninety minute movies. But hey, I didn't get my Tom Bombadil. I didn't get the giant spider in movie (laughs) two. It's fine. Yeah, I got over it. I love those movies to death. But uh, here today, we're going to talk about Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, Minute 106. Minute 106 starts with the pencil-bearded Pajit soldier <laughs> saying, bearded. hey, we can discuss this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it ends with Kushana appearing at the crest of a hill, riding a tank. Yes. It's pretty... <sighs> so now we're getting into it. <laughs> I love Kushana so much. I love her so much. I also love Nausicaa. Love... Uh, she just takes no crap from anybody. She's right and she knows she... it and she's going to make sure you understand. And she's still a pacifist about it too, which I... is remarkable. I'm I'm a sucker for the, the badass pacifist trope. Like, I've always loved Trigon mm-hmm. and Rurouni Kenshin and all kinds of other stuff that has that. Wow. wow. You're, you're deep into the anime lore. Yeah. Stuff that I don't know. Did you, are you recognizing these names? A Chico? little. I haven't seen them, but I've, I've heard... 
I've heard things. One one of them's been in the news lately for not a great reason, but yeah. Oh, which one? Uh, Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, yeah. The the creator got fined for a bunch of child pornography. Yeah, that's not. Good. Yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah. So we say that uh, Natsuka is a pacifist. I guess these two Pajit soldiers don't know that. I. And that's how she's able to make a credible threat. She's also, I mean, as you see in the beginning of the she, movie. I mean, she's holding a gun. And as you see in the beginning of the movie, when Nausicaa is angry, that pacifism might she fall away. Goes right. she, she goes oh, ham, as the kids say. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was a big, uh, it was. She takes that Swiss army cane and she gets stuff done. I mean, that's and... right. So we think this is, this may be her almost going into a, one of her berserker. Yeah, rages, she's, yeah. she's on the edge. Just like when she almost took that, that knight's head off at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make her angry. You wouldn't like you her, wouldn't when, like she's her angry. when she's angry. <laughs> you wouldn't like her when she's but angry. But she turns blue instead of green. Like <laughs> Bruce Banner was doused in some other green blood. Mm. So the uh, the the Pajit soldier says, uh, "Yeah, wait, we can we can discuss this. We can totally discuss this." Say just uh, translation notes. Uh, I looked at some of the other translations. So he says, "Hanasebe wakaru." Yeah. Right. If we talk about it, you'll get it. If we talk about it, you'll get it. Yeah. And that's what the subtitles say. It's clear that it's that's what it says. But one of the translations that we have, uh, uh, Shambaugh, I think uh, Elizabeth Shambaugh, what is, she says, she translated, if you let us go, we'll explain. So obviously, she didn't what? look at the subtitles. Because <laughs> it's not that Hanasu could be like, let go. Yeah. Or it could be to talk. The subtitles clearly say talk. But yeah, if you were just listening to it, you might. You might. You might read, you might understand it that way, but mm-hmm. okay. End of translation. Note. Okay. I noticed that the trans, just like the uh, efficiency of the animation, the Pajit soldiers completely stop moving once uh, they're done. Once he says this. Yeah. Like they're frozen in place. I noticed oh, that yeah. too. Like it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. He, he just stops all of a sudden before she starts firing. Yeah. But he's still talking. He's just like not moving. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's paralyzed with fear, I guess. That's the no yeah. prize yeah. explanation. Then uh, we move from those guys to this, this shot of the Omu coming. Ooh, very menacing. It's just red. Yeah. It's just... It's like a sea of blood. Yeah. We've talked about how from the sky it looks like embers. Mm. Like the like a forest fire or something. It's very menacing. So uh, the... I, I just want to go back to her with the machine gun for, okay. for a second. Okay. So this is, again, you know, uh, this is the second time Asbel earlier fired at people's feet. This is the international oh, symbol yeah. for I'm serious. I'm serious. Right. Right. Firing a gun at people in front of people's feet. I find that really interesting because, like, in a lot of Western media, it's a, fu- it's a shot in the air. It's a, it's a shot in the air or, like, right by the head. But, like... This isn't the only anime that does this. Right. There's a, a lot of anime is like the shot at the feet is the I'm listen to me, talk to me thing. But in, mm-hmm. in Western media, it's generally up, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I always from, you know, what I would soaked in as a kid, I got the impression that, you know, you're shooting at somebody's feet to make them dance. Right. That's what I thought, oh. like all the old Westerns were or the Bugs Bunny cartoons that were spoofing Westerns, at least. I mean, they look like they're dancing. They are dancing. I mean, yeah, she, they are dancing. If that was her goal, she met it. Yeah. She <laughs> Right. Trying to get them to Roomba. <laughs> I guess maybe she is. I'm surprised that she. I'd be afraid if I were her to, to 
not have enough control over that thing to actually yeah, aim like it her, correctly, you her, know, with the re recoil has to be pushing it up, right? Like you can see her hands like moving with the gun. Like she, it's not stable. Yeah, she's, yeah, so she's somehow strong enough to just hold yeah. this in place. Yeah, or these guys are nimble enough to get the hell out of the way. Maybe that's why they're <laughs> yeah. so scared as well. They don't know if she can control this thing when she pulls the trigger. Yeah, because they had enough trouble yeah. with it, right? They, they couldn't. They couldn't hit her, and and right? it was on a she mount. Was flying right at them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I said that was end of the translation notes, but I'm not. So she <laughs> says, "Drop us in front of them, then," which um, is not, which is a kind of a weird thing. Yeah. To say uh, the Japanese is. And uh, most of the other translations we have, uh, let me say, is just, you only have to drop us in front. That's yeah. basically what she's saying. Right. So there's no, like, causal thing here. Mm -hmm. Okay. I noticed watching this uh, this version of the movie with the subtitles that there's a handful of spelling mistakes throughout as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we this is a fan sub. Mm. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's easier to burn in the subtitles in order to chop it up. You know, yeah. with the subtitles there, it's easier to burn it in when you have it. The subtitles as a separate file. Okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so I just grabbed one from one of the the subtitle mm. sites. So yeah, so it's a little. We've been taught. We've been noting yeah. some of the differences, and we found a website. Oh, did we find three different scripts? Yeah, Nausicaa.net. Yeah, yeah, so we have you have three different scripts um, on the this Ghibli wiki. Mm. One of them is pretty good. It's yeah. a Japanese guy, Toyooka, mm -hmm. Takashi Toyooka. He wrote a script, and then he got like a bunch of, of feedback from native English speakers, so he kind of polished it up. You know, feedback. It's pretty with good. these scripts out there in the on the interwebs, I kind of want to see a school play of Nashka the Valley because it's it's you have the dialogue, you yeah. just have to act it out. Yeah, I guess is... so. Yeah, you can get creative in the stage. Yeah. The staging of it. You could go for like a minimalist my, production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> then we cut to the, the stampede coming. Oh, yeah. I thought I found it interesting that like right before the cut, these guys are like, but you'll die. And we cut away before we get her answer. Well, her answer yeah. is obviously that doesn't matter. Yeah. My life doesn't matter. Yeah. Because she's yeah. so a brave sacrifice. Can't you see that? <laughs> For dramatic effect. I mean, she's all about the self-sacrifice. I don't I don't know how much you guys yeah. have talked about the manga in general uh, along the way here, but she makes a lot of very self-sacrificial decisions across that version of this story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's I you're the first guest that we've had on that has read the manga. Read the manga. I I read it and I was absolutely blown away by it. It's one of the most incredible mangas I think I've ever read. It's just so there's so much world building and yeah. like mm -hmm. context for these characters in the movie that we don't get the full context for like Kurosawa and, and Kushana because we learn about their histories and like their family yeah. lives and stuff. Yeah, yeah, there there definitely there's a lot of space for each character to kind of go yeah. through quite a lot and mm -hmm. kushana is a very different character in the movie than she's in the manga but kuratawa is pretty much the same <laughs> <laughs> the same upon the third-esque kind yeah. of uh yeah i don't know i mean he's um he's sly and a little like untrustworthy but he's very loyal to kushana because he can't help but like respect and also kind of fall in love with her yeah that's uh, yeah. i think her his like um you get a lot more of like why he's there why he's a little bit of an outsider yeah to her 
in the manga so the, their relationship is a little bit more explained it's like in the here it's not really clear why they're at odds if she's his subordinate you know you don't know how long he's been a subordinate if he's been with her a long time right. there should be no reason for this kind of because talking back betrayal you know? yeah because just the, questioning her orders and stuff. right because in the manga he's like assigned to her as a spy basically yeah basically hmm. yeah and she is well aware that he's just there to watch her and report back to her her siblings and her father. Yeah, and they 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 both earn each other's respect uh, in ways in very cool ways. Yeah, the man it's, there's a lot of depth there. Yeah, yeah. But the ending's pretty much the same. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. At least I've always thought so. Like the way that the story ends, it's just kind of interesting to me how they yeah. turned it all. They distilled it down into a handful of images and just stuck it at the end of this movie, even though you're missing like eighty percent of the story. I watched the the interview with uh, Miyazaki on like the DVD. We just got the oh, you DVD. That? Yeah, and he commented that in this interview that you know the at the end of Nausicaa, nothing has really changed, mm. but the yeah. the. the kind of the the storytelling or the uh, the effect is is you feel like a catharsis has happened but if you actually look at the examine the facts yeah. on the ground okay there's still Tomekia is still out there what is it is that situation with the empire resolved you know it's and the the, the forest is still encroaching you yeah. don't know how they're gonna live you know <laughs> with the with the spreading forest so uh yeah so it was in his interview he said he'd he tried to avoid that kind of cathartic feeling in, in his endings after that, after we realized that. Right, because mm-hmm. this is because the, the movie ultimately feels like a small taste of this world. Yeah. So I want to. Uh, what's, where are we going? Oh, so the, the, the Obaba sama. Oh my gosh, Obaba sama. Uh. <laughs> not a very comforting figure. No. I mean, not, not sure I'd want to leave my uh, my like my three year old daughter with her. Yeah. Oh, I know. And she's just like, well, if we're gonna die, we're oh gonna die. Gosh. Sorry, little one. That's so uplifting, Obaba-sama. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> I know. She's she's not the coddling kind of grandmother. No. She's a realist. She's she's a realist. Oh my God. That poor little girl is just. I, she. You know, I'm glad that she's still, like, hanging on to her. Well, what else is she? Her mom's not there. NPC woman is not there. To... Mito's behind her. Oh, she could Yeah, go. Mito's right yeah, there. she could be like, okay, Obaba-sama's a little, not really doing it for me. Maybe Mito will, How about like... you with the beard and the eye patch? <laughs> yeah. Could you, like, hug me? <laughs> Kurt, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Howe's got the right idea. He's just like, eh, there's no place to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna stand my ground. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for like the the villagers. They're just sitting there this whole week. They got nothing to. Do. They can't do anything. They're completely They're impotent. Watching They're, all they can do is sit there and watch like disaster unfold before them. Yeah. yeah. At least the Tomekin soldiers kind of have the illusion of of doing <laughs> of something choice, and yeah. then that breaks pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I need to I need to make uh, a gif of these. Soldiers, like taking off their helmets, and dropping their shields, and walking away. Uh, just, What's a sword and a yeah, shield going to do? You see something do? horrendous on Twitter. This is your. This reply. is my new nope. Like what? What is? What's gonna? What is the sword and shield gonna do in this situation? Why do any of them even have their swords? It's just if you don't have I a just, gun or I've, a tank, just just leave everything <laughs> else behind. It's, it doesn't matter. I, yeah. And I've pointed this out uh, a couple of times, but the 
Well, Tomekian soldiers have their swords pointing into like up into the air, which is not safe at all. Yeah. <laughs> and they're running. So they're just going to fall out. <laughs> yeah, they're going to fall and stab each other as they <laughs> yeah. fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The costume designs look cool, efficient. even if they're not practical. Yeah. I think it's cool how Kushana's armor's face kind of looks like the god warrior. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that never... before, but you're right. Wow. I've always thought that that huh. was cool. Cause, and I've always took that as like a character thing of like how she sees herself. As a god warrior. That's... Yeah. As the uh, the arbiter. Yeah, as the... She, she views herself as like the best soldier on the battlefield. Like she has so much pride and like strength of purpose that she sees herself as like the ultimate soldier. And she commands respect from her yeah. soldiers through that view of herself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these, these cloaked... Sh- soldiers that we see here these are like these are her elite troops right yeah the ones that, that look like the, ranks mean, like the classic knights yeah yeah they have to be because the so the average is, guys yeah. just have like the jumpsuits and the masks yeah right but i mean she's i mean especially in the manga we see you know she's a great commander and she's commanded you know she um inspires such loyalty and and she demands like a high level of performance yeah from the to the the troops that work for her so i mean you kind of get the impression that these are this is like one of the best uh cores in the yeah. army right and if that's the case <laughs> these are the guys that are just breaking and running right because this yeah. this would have never right. happened in the manga they would have been more afraid of what kashana would have done to them when she got back oh yeah, yeah. they were just like oh i'm guessing i'm gonna stand here and die by bug instead of whatever she's gonna do to me <laughs> Because what she's going to do is way worse. Yeah, I mean, we see them in the manga. We see them. And that's one of the most amazing scenes I've ever read, right? The uh, <laughs> scene where they, they withstand like a swarm attack of, of the flying insects Yeah. in the manga. I don't know if you remember that. She's She huddles down protecting Kurotawa and another of her soldiers in that like ditch. And that Ushiaba lands in front of her and she says, are you my death? Oh, God. <sighs> Yeah, that's an intense scene. It's intense. Yeah, I I recommend the manga to like literally anyone who asks my opinion about manga and anime. Just like if you haven't read this, go go read it. Yeah, Chiyoko. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know. (laughs) Okay. It's fine. So she's uh, she comes up at the the very appears. Yeah. uh, On the tank, and maybe we can get into this in the next minute. But uh, she's gone. She's basically come from the castle. So she's, if I'm trying to, you know, paint this geography, this is the map I, that I've oh, been building in my head right. of where all these places are in relation to each other. She's traveled from the castle mm-hmm. where they've been incubating this thing. Yeah. Through the vineyards, mm-hmm. through the forest, mm-hmm. past the reservoir, mm-hmm. and like up over the mountain pass, right? Yeah. How much stuff did it wreck? I, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking, man, some of those windmills, yeah, how if much not of it all t- of them, are gone. Yeah. Poor Valley of the Wind. Yeah. yeah. So we've kind of uh, touched on this a little bit, but what is your uh, kind of history of Ghibli movies and this, this movie in particular? I guess you said you you read the manga uh, a year or two ago. Did Had you seen the movie before Yeah, that? Uh, this is not the first Studio Ghibli movie I saw. I think like a lot of Americans, the first one I saw was Spirited Away. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. 
And I really liked Spirited Away, but I don't think it had the same impact on me that it did on a lot of people. I didn't feel really impacted by a Miyazaki film until I saw Princess Mononoke. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then after I saw Princess Mononoke, I just uh, seeked out as much stuff as I could get easily to watch. There's only a couple uh, Studio Ghibli movies I still haven't seen. I've never seen The Cat Returns or um, or Palm Poco. <laughs> And I still haven't yeah, seen re- Ponyo. Oh, you haven't what? seen Ponyo? Yeah, I, I just, oh, I just have never gotten around to seeing Ponyo. Which mm. every time I say that, there's like gasps. Uh, <laughs> people are always like, "But it's well, so cute." It is. It's adorable. Um, there, there's some like imagery tools that uh, Miyazaki uses that are like really cool to see, like. Um, some of the waves turn into like giant fish yeah. as they come crashing down yeah. into the water. And my f- and my favorite Studio Ghibli movie is actually Porco Rosso. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a it, like a hidden gem. And I, I love the one. English dub so yeah. much for that. It's, uh, Who is Val Kilmer? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just as a as a fighter pilot pig man, which is great. <laughs> Uh, but Nausicaa was actually one of the last ones I saw when I started just like watching as many as Going I could find. Him, yeah. And yeah. I really liked it, but I always felt like as much happens in this movie, it always felt like not a lot really happens given what we're shown. And then yeah. I walked away from it for like five or six years. And then a friend of mine got the manga as a present from one of his friends. And he mm-hmm. read it and he like basically shoved it into my hands and was just like, you have to read this. And I did, and ever since then, when I watched the movie, I think I appreciate a lot of things about it more, but I also just, like, mm-hmm. remember stuff from the manga that's just, like, ugh. There, there's, not, there's no manga I want more to get, like, a full series treatment than the, the Nausicaa manga. Like a full, like... Yeah, you've Like, told Peter me. Jackson like, trilogy kind of thing. Or just, uh, like, a, a season, or, like, a couple seasons of anime, like a 26-episode run, do the whole I story. I would watch that. Oh, just... Just, like, an anime. An anime? Yeah. Like, there, there's mm-hmm. nothing I want more than to see the whole story come to life, which I don't think you could even do in nine hours. I think you'd need, like, 24. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that Miyazaki didn't make this an anime. Because he he animated Anne of the Green Ga- Anne of Green Gables like he did the series for that was that but as but Studio Ghibli hasn't done any like TV series right. no they haven't I mean he's but he's worked on stuff before he was in yeah. Studio Ghibli one of the animators for this was the uh, showrunner for one of like the most famous and possibly like the most influential uh, anime of all time Evangelion. Uh, Hideaki Anno was one of the animators for Nausicaa and he went on to make Neon Genesis Evangelion in the the mid 90s and that is like that is uh, a work of television that there's been thousands and thousands of pages of academic work done about that's out there on the internet to read yeah that's Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah that's a good one yeah (laughs) and I had no idea he had any connection to this but I was scrolling down through uh uh, Kushana's wiki entry on the fan wiki Uh and it mentions that at one point, uh, Hideaki uh, Anno approached uh, Hayao Miyazaki about taking Kushana and making a side series about her history as a soldier. Oh. I would watch that. I would so watch that. And that sounds so oh incredible to me, but it never materialized, I guess, which just uh. makes me like uh. sad. All these projects I hear about from, from different creators that just never come to be, and I'm just like, why? That would have been incredible. <laughs> I, don't just, I don't know what to say after that. Just the thought of it is so amazing. 
It really is, but yeah. I also kind of can't imagine what he would have done to the world of Nausicaa as a whole based on Evangelion and some of the other things he's done. There are some mm-hmm. things he probably would have done, and I'm just like, I don't know if that was the right choice in this threatening but still ultimately like whimsical fairy tale world. <laughs> but so much of, uh, yeah, Evangelion is like, it's, I don't know what to say, it's like contemplative and it's kind of the way that this kind of extraordinary things kind of intrude upon ordinary life. And there's no real, how do you depict ordinary life in this weird post-apocalyptic, <laughs> yeah. you know, world with giant I bugs? Mean, the Valley of the Wind kind of has a lot in common with the Shire and the kind of lifestyle that they show. Like these, yeah, these true. northern isolated places that are cut off from Tomekia and... Uh, Dorok, and I can't remember the name of the other kingdom right now off the top of my head. But they're really cut off, so they live a much more, like, isolated, idyllic life than a lot of these other more, like, war-torn lands. They've been separated from everyone else for at least a few hundred years by the Sea of Decay. And I don't know, I I just think that's an interesting, like, thing, that the the Valley of the Wind is, like, this perfect little settlement, and they're just surrounded Mm. by all this death and war and famine, and they've remained pretty much untouched until a Tolmechian ship hijacked by their neighbors crashed into their valley. Yeah, here in the movie. But in the, I mean, in the manga, I got the sense, I mean, they were, they had a treaty with Tolmechia, and they were like a bunch of other, Yeah, they were one among other kind of vassal states that were pledged to send gunships yeah because they're um, they're left alone because it would take too much resources full to mechia to like fully conquer them because they'd have to cross right. the sea of decay they'd have to devote so many airships to go do it mm-hmm. but Right. They keep them safe from anything coming over Tolmechia into that area because the the Third Kingdom, whose name I should just look up and I can't remember, like really wants to conquer the whole planet. But all these places have kind of like ancient weapons and their gunships and like these maintained traditions that are really strong. So Tolmechia made a deal with them. Okay. Mm. All right. Do we have anything else on the minute 106? Okay. There's nothing cooler than a, than a captain coming up <laughs> over a hill on a tank, just riding it, standing there. Yeah, that's a power pose. Really is. It is. That's an iconic. It's like as cool of a Kashana moment for me as when she reveals the robot hand when she's cuffed. Whoever is my husband will see worse than this. It's like, yeah, so that's a statement. Yeah. So you believe uh, that this is, that's a full robot hand? It's not just like an empty, empty. Doesn't she? She holds things in it, doesn't she? I'm going to have to go back to and and examine that. I don't even, I don't think she even has the arm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you look at the. I mean, you see that scene, and then you look at her outfit without the cloak, and you just kind of assume that everything that's armored is is, is gone. Gone. <laughs> oh god. But like, she moves that arm. Yeah, she does. Which implies to me that it's robotic, which isn't out of the question given some of the technology we see. Even though it looks primitive, a lot of it's really not. Yeah. It's like the the remnants of a super advanced society before them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weird just mix of things. I mean, like the, mm. we don't see anybody with a radio. Right. Yeah, no radio. And the movie just doesn't touch on the fact that there's you know people with crazy psychic powers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how however this uh, hovering jar is powered, we don't know. Right, that. like that's advanced technology. Yeah. That you know, whatever. We'll just write it off. There's <laughs> there's giant rage bugs and a poison forest and a flying jar. Yeah. Okay. I'm watch. I'm watching <laughs> animation. I'll just let it go. <laughs> I think my one note is just how Kurotoa takes the mask of one of his soldiers 
does he put it up? It's already up, or he puts it up, and then he tells him that he's an idiot, and then the, guy, the soldier to puts go. it up and says, he, "The soldier raises it himself and says, we should, we should maybe we should, maybe we should go.'" And Kroto is like, eh, "No, it's like there's nowhere to go," and, and then he slams the guy's helmet shut. He slams it. Oh my gosh, that would hurt. That yeah, yeah. I would. I'd imagine that would be painful. You know, the helmet like. Helmets like that weigh a few pounds, so the mask slamming shut oh, yeah. would give you some whiplash. Ooh. It's like snapping somebody's waistband in a gym class or something. <laughs> Did that happen? I'm sure it has. Oh. Nobody's done that to you? No. No? Okay. <sighs> I've never seen this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it is equivalent, I guess. I don't know what these towers that are at the crest of the hill that... Kushana, like, is that... Aren't they the wind chimes? Yeah, we see the ones on the right definitely look like there's wind chimes, whatever they're used for. Mm-hmm. And this one on the left, I mean, it almost the looks left? like there's a security camera in it. Oh, that. <laughs> the last frame. It does a yeah. little bit, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't know what those things are. All right. I think that, uh, that pretty much covers uh, minute 106. So mm-hmm. we'll see you next time on... Ghibli Minute.